and we're coming at you live from the garden unsocked edition this is the number one lifestyle podcast it's almost the weekend it's quite a chilly day on uh, on 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 today and uh, i'm not wearing any socks i figured oh. that i'd get hot enough recording this podcast that uh you know i wouldn't i wouldn't need that extra layer to protect me from the cold yeah it is a pretty heated leisure podcast isn't it mm. Mm. we do get it, it we do get into the hot topics truly truly and uh yeah i mean we'll get into it a bit later but this week's topic it's it's gonna blow your mind <laughs> ladies gentlemen and Can everything you... in between do you want to hazard a guess at the this week's topic? You probably no. could guess it if you if you thought about I, it. I have no idea what this week's topic is, unless okay. it is the jump button. Did we? No, we did, did say we... that last week. That that's yeah, a great yeah. topic. Check it off your bin, bingo cards. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, do. I've got no clue. But look, I'm just uh, I'm just the hype person at this stage. I don't I don't need to know the topic to know it's going to be a good one. All right. Yeah, this one was uh, this one was fun to do. I uh, I changed up my my note taking style. I've noticed re- in recent times. Uh, I used to do the super loosey goosey, you know, jot down a couple thoughts, notes, note taking style, and then just free mm-hmm. free ball. Uh, but now I've changed to like a purely written in my language style that I read out word for word style. Oh, interesting! So I've, I I've like flipped. That. 180 yeah yeah it was like when you did the uh the sonic episode yeah and, uh, maybe that was what did it mm, yeah that was the catalyst sonic i feel is the catalyst for a lot of things i think mm. it's like the catalyst for realizing that sonic isn't a good video game it's the catalyst <laughs> for sexual awakenings you know mm. like there's a there's a huge breadth to uh what sonic can do to people it's the nostalgia pilled, very awakening, uh, <laughs> nightmare hedgehog that lives within us all. Somewhere deep inside of us, there is Sonic. Mm, mm. I think that's true. I mean, we we talked about platformers last week, and Sonic was right behind Nintendo. I know. You know, it it wasn't like Ma- uh, sorry Mario. Like it wasn't like Mario yeah, was thing. hundreds of millions of sales in front of Sonic. Like Sonic was right there. Yeah, Sonic was right there. And you know what, my good friend Darian? Sonic's always right there. He's always right there there for you whenever you need him. Oh, my God. So uh, is Sonic (laughs) right there for you now, Joe? Sonic is nowhere to be seen. But like I said, he's lurking. Okay. You never know. You know, look, I've never, I, I haven't had an interest in a Sonic game maybe ever. Until, unless you count like my very first video gaming experience as a child playing Sonic Two on the mm-hmm, Sega mm-hmm. Mega Mega mm-hmm. Drive or whatever it was. So yeah, yeah. yeah, ever since then I've been like Sonic. I don't know him. I don't know his name. Actually, no, that's a lie. <laughs> I played um, what was it called? Uh, you played Mania. One... I know you. No, did. oh, I did play Mania. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. Would you consider Sonic Mania a mainline Sonic game that was made by not Team Sonic? Oh, that's why I heard it was so good. Yeah, yeah no, I, I didn't play Mania, but I heard that it, it was uh, quite enjoyable. And uh, the fact that it wasn't made by Sonic Team is honestly really sad because mm. 
just poor Sonic Team. They try so hard. Their their statements are so profound and sincere. They're like, we are listening to the community. We tried really hard for this game. We're sorry. Some of you were disappointed. We'll try better yeah. next time. Except yeah. they've they done it do. for like two decades in a row yeah. now. So. It's been like an adult lifespan of bad games. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, the Sonic team statements can do porn now. Like, that's how old. The, yeah. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and they do. And it's really <laughs> fucked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is a video game podcast. What have you been playing this week and how have you been playing it exactly? With your fingers, I assume? <laughs> yeah, with lots of fingers. More than you would think. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Is it more than Sonic Team Statement can handle is the question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm they're sorry. Using, I'm sorry. They're using their elbow for that statement. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I've been playing a lot of games, uh, and I'm going to regale you uh, with their titles and my respective experiences. Okay. It sounds like a delightful endeavor. Go ahead. <laughs> Game number one, Bone Razor Minions. Still I on love Bone Razor Minions. I have quested to become number one in the world uh, with my favorite character, Sprout Brotato. Mm. Um I got to the number two slot. I tried Oof. really hard. Uh, I feel pretty good about being number two. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it there for a couple of weeks and I'm yeah. going to come back and see if I'm still number two because that will give me an idea of how good that score is. Like, if I if I come back in a month and I'm still number two, I'm going to be like, all right, that's pretty good. You know, people are, people are not able to overcome that challenge. I mean... Uh, so I don't have my my finger on the, the bone razor minion pulse, but <laughs> I have a feeling that you will still be number two. I have a pretty good inclination. Yeah, look, uh, I I truly learned how to min max in that game, and mm. it's just so much fun. I just love you know how uh, you've talked about uh, in times of despair you would turn to Warframe just to yes. see the numbers go up. Yes. Um, I think this is my numbers go up. And to be fair, I'm I'm not turning there uh, out of when, depression. Out of depression. Uh, but it is it is very satisfying when you're just focusing on the numbers. You know, you like drill down into numbers only, and it's just like all those years ago with Math Blaster really really paid oh, off. Coming back, Math Blaster taught us taught us a valuable <laughs> lesson. That's right. Um, and so. After after my uh, little journey with Bone Razor, I saw c came, coming to Game Pass. It's there now. Uh, a game called Brotato, and I thought to myself, mm -hmm. Ooh, "My favorite character, Sprout Brotato. Could this be a reference?" And it is very much a reference. Brotato is another vampire survivor like, and uh, I've gone hard in the last week. I have unlocked all the characters and I beat it Whoa. on the hardest difficulty a couple of times. And all right. it's delicious. It's um it's it's literally min max the game. So mm. you'll have a, a roster of 45 characters. Whoa. And yeah, huge, huge. 
and they'll all do very specific things. And so, you know, you've got your just bland fucking Nathan Drake character, and then literally every other character is bonkers. So you might uh, you might have a character that has like two hundred percent range and uh like a, a really high attack speed on ranged weapons and then mm. it'll be like you know minus 400 melee damage like you basically should not pick a melee weapon at all it's very much like just focus on a couple of stats for this character and avoid these other stats right. and uh yeah they've created something really special it it looks like an unpolished turd it it does it's very ugly it looks uh like a game from the new grounds era yeah i was about to say it looks like the concept art for super meat boy (laughs) that's a great shout out that's exactly what it looks like it it, even the colors are just weird um phoebe was was watching me or uh or binding of isaac it has binding of isaac in it as well somewhere well Mm, sorry go go on phoebe no no that's also a good shout out but phoebe was watching watching me play and also listening to me play because the sound effects are incredible you know like all those neuro spicy pops and plodges from like minecraft stardew valley this is like that on amphetamine it's a lot of popping and it's extremely delicious to watch because you can wield up to 12 weapons depending on the character and uh, each weapon has a specific sound when it hits an enemy. Right. And you get to the point where there's hundreds of enemies on the screen and all your weapons are making these clicking and popping sounds and it's it's something. It's uh, It takes you there. It, yeah, it right. You know, it's got that... It's got that sonic visceral... It, it, you'll, <laughs> you'll get there with Brotato. Okay. Um, Brotato. Yeah, uh, and I didn't expect to get as sucked into Brotato as I did, but man, it's just, it's super solid. It's really, it's really high on the list. Like, I think, I think these, these devs are looking at Vampire Survivors and they're taking that formula and making it as fun as possible. Yeah. Um, and, and Boneraiser Minions and Brotato have both just delivered hard, uh, on both of those fronts so uh i've got another couple of games to talk about but maybe maybe we should take an intermission because i actually want to talk about a game you've been playing this week oh shit also i can hear a little bit of background noise despite discord's amazing noise cancelling features discord sponsor us um (laughs) is there like some television in your vicinity or something there's not, but there, there, you know, it was, it was like basically a heat wave yesterday oh. and, uh, the, uh, you know, the units come out and the units are out and about and around me. I, I try to blend in as best I can, but it's, it's very likely you're seeing, uh, you're, you're hearing some unit behavior oh, that unfortunately is out of my control. That's okay. I thought for some reason there was like, you know. Uh, an Eshe on the tram next to you playing music through his Bluetooth, <laughs> you know, Yui boom, and it was picking it up. Yeah, that's that's the vibe. That's the okay. vibe. But I'm, right. I'm, I'm safe in my home, but... Uh, there is an vibe. Eshe in here with me, and he is playing loud music on his Yui boom. <laughs> He's just threatened violence against me. 
<laughs> Give me a minute. Um, oh my god. Yeah, dude, I've been playing a, a lot of Tarkov. Uh, this mm. game has has gripped gripped me pretty hard this week. Mm. Did I did play a decent chunk of the game club game for the month as well, Boomerang X. Oh, which, shout out. Yeah, shout out. Which similar to Rollerdrome, I highly recommend playing it in a you know one or two sessions. Maybe oh. two or three sessions. It's like a very easily forgotten con- control scheme, and mm-hmm. you very quickly fall out of the meta that you build up for yourself in terms of like movement and how you are able to do certain things and remember how things work. Mm. I, I took like a you know a five or six days break, came back. Originally, I was playing on mouse and keyboard, and I was so forgetful. I picked up the controller, and I was like, "Why can I not remember any of the controls?" And then. Oh. I swap back to keyboard and mouse and I was like, okay, I still can't remember the controls. Uh, <laughs> so I really bamboozled myself with that one. But yes, definitely try and do it in two or three, I'd say. Good to know. Good to know. I think it is only like six, seven hours long as well. So, you know, it's doable. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've been playing heaps of Tarkov. I've just been like doing some quests and running around, getting used to the maps. Um. Yeah, like I said, maybe the other week I've like totally got down the um, Ground Zero map, mm. which apparently is like the beginner map, and uh, there's not an, an amazing amount of loot to be had on that map. Right. But um, mm-hmm. I've also taken a, a fond liking to the Interchange map very recently as well, which you saw briefly mm-hmm. when you were watching me play the other day, um, mm-hmm. which is like a big shopping center that's surrounded by roads. Um, and yeah, that map's yeah. sick. I, I had like a, a, a drop ship come by and drop off a big package. And I was the only guy to get the stuff from it twice in a row, mm. which felt very special. Oh, that's spicy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I had this great little, little experience that you were actually there to witness. I, I was in an interchange and I ran into like a garage or something. And mm-hmm. a dude was in there and I started shooting at him and he was like, no, don't shoot, don't shoot. And I was like, oh, all right. Uh, but he shot me a little bit as well. And then we had this little exchange where we were like, oh, do you need any items? You know, are you doing a quest? Do you need any healing items? I did shoot you a little bit. I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> and then he told me about some toast he was making. And uh, I said, you should ha- have a good you know, raid or whatever. And he said, you too, man. As if he's never heard someone say, have a good raid to him in a raid before in his life. <laughs> it felt it felt very special and then i continued to you know be on the hot mic for mm-hmm. basically the rest of the day and whenever i encountered another obviously human player I had another interaction with a guy who was really nice who like offered to basically be my bodyguard while i finished this stupid quest it didn't really help me that much but it was very nice of him that's so sweet yeah it's just been a it's been a real good time um Playing a hardcore military man shooter like I, I never thought I would, but oh, playing man. it in a, in a in a pretty pacifist way. I think I just like I like the quiet raids. <laughs> I mm. like when I can go in and do my task and grab some loot, maybe shoot a scaver here or there if I have to. Mm. But I love I love just picking stuff up, taking it home. That's good vibes. Yeah, I mean it it blew me away. So I've obviously heard you talk about it on here for for quite a while now because I think mm. I think you've you've you were playing it maybe even before we started this podcast. You know, this has been a long oh, running yeah. thing. Um and I just could not believe the attention to detail in this game. So yeah. this 
this is like a first-person shooter, and if you were to look at it for 10 seconds, it would look like any other first-person shooter. But I watched Joe stream for like an hour and a half the other day, and I could not believe it. It was like the Factorio of first-person shooters. <laughs> so there, there are all these maps that you choose to like drop into to mm. like um, accomplish specific quests, and the maps are insane. It's like mm. this post-apocalyptic wasteland, so it's like, uh, you know, in the middle of like a CBD or something like that, but everything is trashed. And you can go into most of the buildings, open doors, and there's just stuff to be found. And mm. the whole time you're doing this, there's other players listening for, like, footsteps and... Like like you, they might be there just to kind of loot and get out of there rather than, like, loot and shoot. You know, they're taking the pacifist route. Mm. And uh, what really impressed me about this game was just the amount of options you had when it came to literally everything. So, mm. you know, when you have a loadout, in every other shooter I've played, you, like, choose a gun and you choose, like, an ability and uh, you choose, like, a sidearm and then you, like, load into a match. But this was like you've got an, a, like a full array of helmets to choose from and mm. th the helmets differ in their ability to protect you from things like bullets, uh, bullets or bludgeoning tools. And then like if you're wearing a heavy duty helmet, it like affects how you hear people in the world when you're like walking around and sneaking and looting or whatever and... I just, I couldn't believe it. I was just yeah. like, holy shit. This is like very appealing. This is like, I want to, I want to create a loadout and just like skulk around and, uh, you know, explore some buildings and then hopefully avoid combat. But if it comes yeah. to that, it becomes really tense because when you, uh, like prescribe your loadout, you lose it if you die yeah. and, and that's just like, it makes every interaction so tense when another human player is involved. Totally. Yeah. Especially if you're like, I'm taking, you know, I'm desperate. I need to take my big backpack in. And since I'm <laughs> taking this in, I probably should take in some body armor so I don't die instantly when I get shot. And since I'm taking that, I probably should get like a decent helmet and like, you know, an okay gun. And before you know it, you've spent like 70,000 rubles, which is like the money in the game. Um, and it's just like, Okay, now I've got 70,000, which is a small fortune worth of gear. And as soon as I get headshot, basically, and the, the helmet doesn't protect me, I die and I lose everything. <laughs> and it's, gone. it's gone. I mean, you can insure, insure it, but like, you know, if someone picks it off you and leaves the raid with it, that's that theirs now, even if you did insure it. And so it's just like, it's extremely brutal. Uh, it can be very demoralizing. Um, but they do this great thing in this game. It's not just that character you get to play. You get to play as a scav as well. Mm -hmm. Scav is short for scavenger. And you get to like run oh. around as just like a randomly <laughs> generated guy. Um, and you've got, you know, a random gun and maybe some stuff in your backpack. Um, and you've also got like scav rep. Like if you are good to the other scavenger characters in the game that you get better stuff when mm -hmm. you spawn in as a scav. Mm -hmm. Um and so, yeah, you get to go in on like a 15 minute timer, like they respawn every 15 minutes or whatever. And, um, 
and and like loot to your heart's content without necessarily worrying at all about like losing this guy or any of the guns that he has or anything that he mm. has on him because it's just like he was free he didn't you don't have to pay for this guy and so you know if you get like a great scav run where you kill like a player character and you take all these good stuff and you you leave you basically just like it's it's such a, a great victory and it offsets against any of the losses that you just might have incurred incurred mm-hmm. because you, you just feel so like I lucked out so bad, just so good just then. And and now I'm like back on the horse. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's got this yeah. like swing to it. Um, which is also it can be punishing, you know, like you get your scab character and you just get gunned down instantly and you're like, Well, nothing's worth living for, I suppose. Back to the mines <laughs> I go. <laughs> it's just Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but it really impressed me. And if you're if you're listening and you're keen, I would I would see if you can find a stream. Mm. Uh, the the full name is Escape from Tarkov, and yeah, it was just wild. It's just a, one of those gaming experiences where I didn't even have a controller in my hands, and I was just blown away with with yeah, that this kind of game is out there and it's popular, and people are really keen to play it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a weird one as well. Like I think I might might have mentioned in the past about the wipes. Like I don't I have to look up how frequently it happens. It's probably like once or twice a year. Yeah, um, yeah. But the game like completely resets. It's everyone, all the gear that they have, all the money they've saved, all the quests they've finished go back to zero, like mm-hmm. restarts. <laughs> but people still play it every year, all the time. Uh, they just enjoy doing the quests over and over again, I guess, and the, the game itself is fun. Dude, it's like the Pokemon paradox, right? Like way back when starting a new Pokemon game felt amazing and you, Factorio Lord, I know you're on your like fourth Factorio save and you, I know, I know your brain, that little tapioca pudding up there when you click (laughs) the new game button and it gets all the good neurons. Yes, you're right. Four is putting it, putting it very kindly. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's true. There's there's something there's something there, something to be said about the game itself being quite enjoyable for to do from square one, even mm-hmm. though you've done it before. Yeah. Um, do you have any delicious chicken for me this week, Darian? Uh I've got a complex answer, but I'll just mm. I'll just round out quickly with two other games up. Oh, playing. that's right. Yeah, sorry, you said you had games. No, no. Uh one of them is Dead Space Remake. And I think mm-hmm. I think I'm fallen off this puppy. Oh. Uh, I'm like a couple of hours in. It's I've talked about it before. It's like a good game. It's like the perfect example of a six out of ten. Right. Uh, it's good. It's worth your time. You kind of know what you're getting into. But they've they've really taken a lot of liberty with this remake to incorporate a lot of things that Dead Space Two did, and. I've talked about this before with the mechanics and that kind of thing, which I think is probably a good move, but they've started incorporating like events that happen in Dead Space 2. And it's real weird. It feels like this is kind of Dead Space 1.5, but in doing it the way they've done it, it doesn't feel like it's as good as Dead Space 1 or Dead Space 2. It kind of fills this murky spot in the middle where it's just like... I, I don't know. I think they've missed the point by like redesigning the events from Dead Space 2, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
um and yeah it's just like uh you know like there's a there's a regenerative monster that appears um which is like a big climactic point from dead space 2 um right. you know you, you like activate the marker and then the necromorphs start to be able to regenerate and it's just basically mm-hmm. you running from this fucked up monster um down hallways and stuff and it's really intense and like narratively compelling and uh they they tried to like bring that into into this remake but it's just like you know it's just some dude who put this monster together and you're not running through hallways you're like in these huge arenas but the monster is unkillable so like the way isn't clear and i was just like ooh, you you played dead space 2 and liked it but you didn't you didn't get it right Right. (laughs) yeah damn uh yeah, so I think I'm I think I'm falling off the back of the Dead Space remake truck, and straight into the welcoming arms of Ribbit King. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and they're welcoming. Yeah. So this is this is like a Japanese game uh, from over twenty years ago now that came out on the GameCube. Uh, it's it's Frolf, which is like frog golf, and yeah. you just you just whack a frog through all these environments and it's fun as hell. It's like some skill and mostly luck. It's very enjoyable. Hell yeah. I'm keen to play Frolf. Can I play it online with you or is that not possible? No. So this is, this is a dastardly emulation situation on the steam deck. Um, but when you visit, or vice versa for our hundredth episode next week. My word. We can absolutely have a frolf session. I'd love a frolf session. That sounds delightful. Mm, that's that's the stuff of dreams. If if you're out there and you've got a buddy and they uh, they pin frolf session in the calendar, <laughs> you've got you've got a friend got a for life yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Nice. Oh shit. All right, so I have some Kentucky Fried Pork. So, mm. Joe, it's my it's my week for the news. I knew it in advance. I was looking all week for some tasty nugs. I uh, even went looking this morning to, you know, I was like google.com video game news kotaku i was i was trying to find something i couldn't find one notable thing from the last week the only thing i thought was notable is that when i went to kotaku pal world was like a a section like a whole section it wasn't even like you know an article or something pal world had its own section and uh i i guess that's that's kind of news like that game is huge that mm. is that is a very very big successful game, um, and so rather than bring you some some hot press, I've got the uh, official. It's almost the weekend top five films of twenty twenty three. I would let you know what they are. I'd love that. I'm starting a new Notion page right as you speak. And uh, you give me one moment. I'm going to make this a list for myself. Okay, go ahead. All right. So before I get started on this list, I haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall yet, which looks really, really good, but I haven't seen it yet. So if that's really good, I'm sorry. It's not on this list. 
Um, shout out to Bo is Afraid and Poor Things. They're the honorable mentions that didn't make the mm. list. Incredible movies, both super fucking absurd and weird, but just really good, but not quite good enough to crack the top five. Okay. All right, number five. Uh, we got uh, a young man who's at the top of his game. You might have heard of him. Uh, one known as Martin Scorsese. I've heard of him, yep. He's uh, he's so, sort of up and coming. <laughs> he's uh, He released something called Killers of the Flower Moon uh, oh, yeah. last year, which has a runtime of over three and a half hours. And uh, it's a very, very good movie. And he's <laughs> like 82 or something. He's, he's getting he's on. Ge- He's getting on and he's out here just able to direct the fuck out of a movie. And you just, you got to love it. You love to see it. Commendable Scorsese, as always. <laughs> uh, and if that runtime scares you off, it, it like it's the Scorsese classic, doesn't feel as long as it is. Incredible pacing. And I came out of there and uh my friend can quote i thought it could have been a little bit longer i was wow. like i was ready to spend a bit more time with some of those that's characters good. yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good sign yeah really really good performances in that movie uh moving up to number four we've also got uh, another young up-and-comer uh you might have heard of him hayao miyazaki never uh, heard of that one <laughs> say it again <laughs> no <laughs> uh man i really enjoyed the boy in the heron yeah I, uh, I had your experience where at the time i didn't think it was hot shit yeah um i thought joe hasashi on the on the soundtrack brought the motherfucking goods i thought that soundtrack was just one of the best um, but the movie itself, I did, I didn't walk out of there thinking it was, was amazing. And then yeah. it just kind of sits with you and grows totally. on you. And like, yeah. it, it, it is, I, I don't know, all the allegories kind of like build up in your head when you spend some time away from it. Yeah. It's a movie that leaves you thinking about it. And the more you think about it, the more you feel like it was actually quite excellent, despite when you were in it, feeling that it's kind of a bit, I don't know overwhelming or like Mm. maybe even underwhelming there's like Mm. aspects of both in that movie Uh, yeah yeah well i I remember when i walked out of the cinema i thought to myself that it had some of the best scenes and some of the worst scenes in a miyazaki film yeah i've I've seen but um despite that yeah over time i just i I really came to enjoy it and i really want to see it again me too yeah it's on the list of watch again definitely yeah hell yeah uh moving up into number three we've got the latest david fincher movie called the killer this uh this movie has one of the best trailers ever made uh if you're even excuse me a little bit interested watch the trailer for the killer it's Mm -hmm. incredible all right uh michael fassbender tilda swinton um it is extremely good extremely fast paced and it's based on a graphic novel and it absolutely has that you know it's not quite as um you know it's not like sin city or something like that but it it absolutely does have that vibe it's kind mm. of slightly less comicky than say the watchman um but you're like 
yeah the, you can tell from the dialogue and like the framing and the way things are shot that it's like oh they really paid attention to the graphic novel for this one yeah nice love it um number two uh so i mean some big names there scorsese miyazaki david fincher like they're 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 giants and so we're going into some newbies uh i watched all of us strangers recently um which hit big in the lgbtqia plus community Mm -hmm. um and i went in totally blind and it uh it really blew me away it was incredibly emotional Mm. i um i was balling in the cinema it was it it really got to me and uh yeah this is just one of those movie experiences that uh kind of like the green mile that that movie based on the stephen king book if you want to be really fucking sad see all of the strangers (laughs) okay and and like if that turns you off then don't you know don't watch it don't don't force yourself through it because it's so emotional (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and and then moving up to number one, uh, we've got a Korean film called Past Lives, and everyone should see this film. Wow, I've never heard of it. Oh, man. It was far and away uh, the best film from last year. I went with a relatively big group, and we all just walked out, and we were like, holy shit, that was so incredible. And, uh, you know, Korean cinema has just been popping off and, like, been getting into the mainstream. Mm. And when we came out of the cinema, we all felt that, you know, it was so good, but there's no way, like, this is going to hit big or be recognised. And uh, the Oscars have nominated it for Best Picture. So, yeah. So, shout out. I really hope it wins because it was just, uh, was nigh flawless. Extremely good shit. Hey, thanks, Oscars. (laughs) still my favorite oscar moment is at the game awards when the it takes two guys like fuck the oscars love that guy (laughs) yeah yeah that guy's pretty good (laughs) nice what a roundup i you know what i'm here for this the news can sometimes go straight to hell bring something you love uh, look as as pork instead of chicken yeah yeah i tried really hard i was looking you know for a solid 10 minutes which is a long time when you when you're you know looking yeah that's that's fair i mean yeah i I didn't have much in terms of like supplementary chicken either i think there was like kill the justice league came out and it didn't do very well or appears to be reviewing poorly uh Uh that was kind of it i think Yeah, small week for news, big oh, week for movies. There was actually a, a two-hour documentary called Grounded 2, which is the, the Last of Us making of doco that came out like two days ago or something. Oh. Uh, and it is really good. Uh, I watched it oh, today. No shit. For the first game or the second one? The Last of, Last of Us Part 2. Oh, far out. I'd be yeah. pretty keen on that. It's it's really good. They talk, they go pretty deep in a lot of interviews and talk about like fairly technical game devy stuff, which is really cool to see in a documentary where they're not just like, and here's the animation department and there's a bunch of guys in their cap suits <laughs> prancing around. That's how they do it, <laughs> folks. Uh, and then they move on. And actually, right. yeah, they interview a lot of key members and uh, they talk about the leaks and they talk about, um, you know, how COVID happened right in the middle or towards the end of the project. Sure, uh, yeah yeah it's it's pretty good stuff cool 
Yeah, is is this like a no clip documentary or no? This is uh, I think it's by Naughty Dog. Um, oh no shit! Okay, double check that. It um, let's see. Yeah, it's published by the Naughty Dog YouTube channel. So right, go ahead and pick, pick that up. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and the Apple Vision headset came out. Did you see this? Oh shit! Isn't this the thing that inspired your VR topic all those months ago? Probably. Um, yeah, it's out <laughs> and about, and um, people are like wearing it in the streets and like walking around and stuff in YouTube videos and in and in New York, etc., where all the crazy people are apparently. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it looks horrible. <laughs> it looks. It looks <laughs> like a very expensive pretty heavy piece of VR AR kit that doesn't seem to be doing anything especially new or remarkable. Um, wow. But, but you know, I, I was saying today at work, it feels like, you know, when people started like showing up to Starbucks or cafes with their MacBook laptops and it became like a cool thing to do to like work at the cafe with your MacBook. Oh, for sure. I think that's kind of the angle. Like they're trying to find that angle with the, um, headset the vision pro oh that sounds like panic attack material using vr in public no thank you yeah there's like people driving with it on oh wow is it okay all right look i have a lot of questions but they're they're gonna need to be answered by youtube this 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 podcast can't supply i mean maybe they're driving teslas you know they don't need there was a Tesla. Wheel. There was a Tesla guy. Yeah, there's a guy skating around New York on his with his Skating Apple Vision Pro. Skating with an Apple Vision Pro. I I think it's because so it's like a really high resolution. Uh, it's not even it's like a pass through. So like the the cameras on the front feed the video to the displays on the inside of the goggles at like like a 0.3 or a three millisecond latency. So it's like super close to what you're actually seeing. Wow. Okay. That is, that is pretty fast. Yeah. Anyway, you ready for a juicy topic? I believe it's episode time. (laughs) Yeah. Episode time. (laughs) That's gotta be the new thing. Um, (laughs) so this week's topic is about extract shooters. Could you have guessed it? Probably. Oh my God. I should have guessed it. You know, I was going to text you and say, dude, you should just do it a whole episode on escape from Tarkov, but yeah. extract shooters. This is, this is just the entree to the escape from Tarkov. Episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The inevitable escape from Tarkov episode. Um, so yeah, like I said, I've changed my note taking style. So I'm just going to read, um, all right. and feel free to cut me off whenever you wish. Hell yeah. All right. Let's go. All right. <clears throat> Trends. Trends are certainly a thing within video games. Every year, every console cycle, you get some trends. You've got platformers trending in the early days, Mario kicking that one off. You've got corridor shooters not long after, Doom kicking that one off. Then you've got, well, you've got a whole mess of things. You get Guitar Hero, Call of Duty, Pokemon, Rhythm Shooting, whatever Pokemon thinks it is. Uh, There's a whole slew of things trends that come tumbling out of these titles that all made their mark each trying to capitalize on the trend their predecessors had made the biggest Mm. trend of recent note being the battle royale trend Mm. huge huge 
arguably kicked off by PUBG, but likely first started by an armor game mode. Do you remember the game Armor? Did you ever have heard mm. of Armor? Yeah, yeah, Armor Three. Yeah, I've seen a bit of Armor Three. It stands for like America's Army, something, something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this one has been and still remains huge. Fortnite, that game that made Epic its fortune and continues to be a force of nature, is a battle royale. Mm. Though it started as some, something slightly different. Um, do you remember when Fortnite came out and it wasn't a battle royale? It was like this co-op building shooting zombies game. I was not. I'm. I'm just not on the pulse as much yeah. as you are when when it comes to this kind of stuff. But I do remember you talking about it in the Fortnite app. Yes. So yeah. I mean, we covered it briefly, but yeah, it wasn't originally a battle royale. It was only after PUBG's success that they like pushed hard on the game, which was like a game mode they had in the game, I think, but it was like a secondary or like a tertiary one to the main mm-hmm. Fortnite game mode. And then all of a sudden after PUBG happened, they were like, no, no, it's a, it's actually a fully battle royale now. Uh, <laughs> and then they made a, a trillion dollars, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Mm. Um, after PUBG, then Fortnite doing so well off the trend slash new game TM, we got a bunch of games. About 38. Uh, there's a list on Wikipedia. I won't read it to you. It is long <laughs> and boring, and a lot of games you probably nerd, never heard of are on there. Uh, that's all like 38 Battle Royales, I should say. Wow. Uh, then you had MOBAs, you had Hero Shooters, Boy Howdy, Trends. Uh, they sure uh, are they a sure bet to making hella money, though? Well, mm. that's where the question is. What the current gaming client, uh, climate has taught us about trends is that they're actually pretty risky. Gamers these days are extremely loyal and rabidly territorial when it comes to their favorite XYZ trendy game. They'll play <laughs> can, the latest. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Can we, can we talk about rabidly territorial? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah rabidly that, territorial. <laughs> oh, man, that is such a good way to describe gaming communities. Yeah. <laughs> rabidly territorial. It, it conjures some images, you know? Oh, that's great. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, please. please no, you're continue. right. That Guess line in particular out. was just very enjoyable. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, They'll play the latest shooty bang bang game and say, this is just an Apex Legends clone and Mm. in a day declare it as a dead game. Mm. Gamers are so ready for games that aren't their current favorite thing to be dead. (laughs) Uh, You know what? While I'm on trends, before we slip over to the actual topic, let's talk about Pal World real quick. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I didn't expect this. Pal World in your uh, topic about extraction shooters. Who knew? Uh, (laughs) Bless you, Pal World. Bless you for not being free. I see gamers out in the comments on TikTok videos uh, talking about uh, how Pal World isn't free. Why isn't it free, they lament, followed by comments of, bro, it's $30, wake up. To which I say again, bless you, Pal World. Capital G gamers these days expect everything to be free, but cry when there's cosmetics or a battle pass or premium content locked behind a paywall. It's like, how on earth do the people making this game make any money if the game is free and fully featured and has no way to cost the player a cent? How? Pal World, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That thing is a deformed, undercooked, potentially plagiarist, horrid little clone child, but at least it's demanding money up front, and for that I respect it. 
Anyway. <laughs> that was like when Anthony Bourdain praised Jamie Oliver. You know, totally <laughs> unexpected, but you're 100% right. Yeah. 30 bucks. It's not a great deal of money, but there at least it's not free to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. sort of, it's like a weird, you know, step in the sidewards direction. Not in the right direction, but at least we're not walking backwards anymore. Yeah, well, that's like a double A AA video game price, but this mm. this this game is is gone well beyond double A. Totally. Anyway, for a good long while now, people have been saying, "Isn't it time for extraction shooters to become a trend?" And people, I agree. I agree so much. <laughs> I'm doing this whole episode about extraction shooters. Sorry, did you have something to say there? <laughs> yeah, who are these people? I know you get together in your little extraction shooter Discord communities. Twelve of you strong. Yeah, there's a lot of us. All right, we're small but vocal. Uh, yeah, I don't look. I don't know. This is pretty anecdotal, you know. Like I, I've just heard. <laughs> yeah. I've heard. I've heard amongst the gamers and YouTube videos and friends, I suppose, saying, yeah, it's time, you know, like there's been a small handful of extraction shooters. Well, you know, why isn't AAA doing it? Anyway, I'll get there. <laughs> uh, I say, I agree. I'm doing this whole episode about extraction shooters, but Joe, I hear a pledged chorus of voices cry out. What is an extraction shooter? Well, <laughs> let me tell you, it's actually a fairly, it's actually fairly poorly defined, but the core elements are as follows. You play a character, usually a brutish man with a gun. You are sent to a location, usually one of several. You are to collect things from the location, some some valuable, others less so. Other players are also at the location. They are doing the same thing as you, but they're usually your competition. There is some amount of non-player control, aggressive enemies also found at these locations. You need to take the valuables you found during your time at the location, out of the location, through a specified exit location. <laughs> the number of times over at location in this fucking write-up. Finally, <laughs> you use these items to do things to improve your character slash brutish man with a gun, and then you repeat. That's kind of the loop of the extraction shooter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when you're describing this, I think of escape from tarkov and i mm. think of hunt yes uh hunt showdown are there are there any other big names that we should be aware of oh there's several i'm coming to them right about now oh, baby some noteworthy extraction shooties dark and darker was a flash in the pan it was a sort of different take on the extraction shooter going for a full-on medieval swords and sorcery style gameplay uh, was huge gaining traction until Nexon threatened to sue them for stealing the game. The oh. game is currently unlisted on Steam. Oh. So, yeah, this was really cool. This was like a, you know, grid-based inventory management thing, sort of like Tarkov, but, you know, obviously mm-hmm. swords and bow and arrows and classes. Mm. Um, you could be like a thief or a wizard or an archer or a sword guy. Um, and, yeah, it was like a more focus on like group play so you would go in with like a little squad and go and kill some npcs and maybe run into some other squads Mm, cool and escape through these portals that you could summon Um, it looked really cool i never played it but yeah it's not able to be played right now unless i think unless you previously owned it the game is i couldn't find it easily Mm, okay 
uh, Call of Duty have tried their hand at extraction shooters. No shit. Yeah, it's a game mode called DMZ. Haven't heard of it, not surprising. They launched they launched it as a side mode, and it also launched at the same time as Warzone, uh, or shortly after Warzone, So, which is Call of Duty's main squeeze these days, which is a battle royale. And it's doing fairly well, and so it felt like a bit of a weird half-baked attempt. Mm. It sort of felt like they didn't want to do like its own standalone thing, which I get, I guess, would be pretty risky for them, even though they have squillions of dollars. It feels like they're just like, no, we're just going to focus on Warzone. If you want to play our extraction shooter mini, we've got that here too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cycle Frontier scared devs away from making extraction shooters, I think. It was a really big, semi-deep, but not as deep as Tarkov extraction shooter with a sci-fi spin. It looked oh. really cool, but failed to find a foothold in the market, and servers were shut down late last year. Oh, no, that sounds yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, it was really sick. It had, like, you know, a couple of really big maps uh, and quests to do, sort of like Tarkov, and, like, a mm -hmm. similar weapon modification, you know, ammo um different difference you know choosing different ammos for different guns that, that sure. kind of level of deepness i don't think it had the same level of like you know you get shot in the leg and now you're light bleeding and you have to use a bandage or that sort of stuff i think it was more like you have a med kit right but yeah, yeah I, I can't remember exactly and it was cool yeah it had like a, a less you know gritty gray art style and more of a colorful sci-fi thing going on and yeah it was cool oh, cool damn uh next Extraction shooty worth noting is Hunt Showdown, which we talked about briefly before. Mm. Uh, I've talked about it at length, but I'm just going to go through here again. This one is great. Way less complex technically than Tarkov, but still loaded with one hell of a learning curve. Mm. One of my favorite games to play with pals, Hunt has managed to steadily grow and rework itself several times over. Every time I return to Hunt, there's something new to dive into. Be it the current event some reworked mechanics new mini boss new mobs new weapons later this year they're supposed to be getting a full engine overhaul so they're changing from the old uh whatever one they used to make crisis cry engine yep over to their new cry engine i think or i can't, I can't remember if it's the new cry engine or uh unreal engine right Un okay unsure. you can you can count on it not being Unity. Um, yeah, yeah that, that that sounds cool. I'm really keen to give Hunt another go on yeah. Steam Deck slash PC um, because that PlayStation 4 port was pretty shit house. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great on there for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I would love to play more Hunt. Uh, the thing that will probably get me to come back to it as well is the engine upgrade i think it's got mm. like this game is really visually beautiful already but it's sort of you know after you play it for whatever 50 60 hours you start to realize how it's kind of held together with rubber bands and toothpicks it's like <laughs> right. really really fragile and ready to break at any moment yeah. and and does frequently <laughs> um, oh, shit. finally we've got escape from tarkov we've talked about this a lot this one feels like the big daddy it's the one all other extraction games are often compared against, and for good reason. Mm. EFT does so much. There's a lot of maps, mostly all huge, beautifully realized, fully packed, of, fully packed with juicy loot and interesting encounters. Uh, there's an amazing grid-based gear slash loot collection system that you'll ha uh, that'll have you tetrising a new backpack into a different backpack while bullets whiz past you. Mm. There's an insane and very hard to get into injury and damage system. You can be hurt in the head, thorax, right arm, left arm, stomachs, legs, 
And then there's, I've got an image here from the wiki that goes into like all of the different types of damage and stuff. But I'll just read one as an example. Mm -hmm. uh, legs, if they are fractured, each leg fracture reduces your speed by 45%, decreases your jump height. Sprinting causes further damage to the leg if the leg is quote unquote destroyed, but uh, additional damage taken will be distributed over the entire body's health pool at a 0.7% of the damage dealt. So, you know, stuff happens based on the way you get shot and it's, it's bad for you. Wow. That is just so cool. You know, that feels like a really impressive use of the technology where the servers can tell, you know, when one player has shot another, but not only that exactly where they've been shot and then yeah. have all these mechanics tied to that. Like that's just fucking sick. Yeah, it's nuts. There's like, if you get shot in the right arm, which is your weapon arm, it takes you 50% Long, uh, slower to sorry 50% longer to reload and draw your weapon uh, and if, the, if it's your left hand which is your off weapon hand it takes 67% longer to like loot drawers or boxes and stuff uh, so there's just all sorts of negative effects to taking damage um, so cool so cool yeah it's pretty amazing because you know this is what I feel like Metal Gear Solid 3 was trying to do with their in, uh, injury system when they sort of like oh, yeah. lightly glanced over it in that game um, but it never felt fully fleshed out it was cool yeah. though fucking getting bit by a snake and you have to put a tourniquet on or whatever that's that's fun yeah uh, there is light bleeding heavy bleeding fresh wound fracture pain mild muscle pain severe muscle pain concussion tremor tunnel vision on pain meds dehydration hard dehydration fatigue overweight stun flash debuff berserk mode poisoning and panic attack status effects oh, all God. of which need to be dealt with in different ways for example you may suffer light bleeding from accidentally stepping over barbed wire you need a bandage to fix this fix this otherwise the body part will lose health every so often until it blacks out your grizzled gunman will complain loudly about being in pain <laughs> Uh, this stuff just scratches the surface. There's a whole hideout system where you upgrade a series of different aspects and, uh, and the hideout, uh, and you use it to use stuff that you find in raids to upgrade the hideout. Very, there's a very comprehensive weapon modification system. There's an online market where players trade items they find in raids. There's various quests the various traders will give you throughout your relationship with them. Uh, the quests will have you killing scavs, other players, collecting items, finding locations, surviving certain events, uh, certain events, all kinds of weird stuff. The rewards are large. Anyway, I hope this genre becomes a trend because there's so much cool stuff you can do with it. Just mm -hmm. removing the word shooter from the title and uh, it's super interesting to me. Imagine a stealth horror game where you need to sneak through a big house and collect specific items for people. Imagine extracting uh, an extraction game where you extract a new musical instrument to add to your ever-growing orchestra of musical instruments where you make cool music Fruity Loop style. Oh, um, that's an indie game waiting to happen. I know. Imagine Tarkov, but make it Splatoon. Looking, <laughs> uh, just like, just shake, change the visual style and you got a game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Put... <laughs> Splatoon. I can't believe that game is a game, but it's like, <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. And it's got, uh, fuck, what was your thing? Rabidly territorial. It's got rabidly territorial fans. Yeah, totally. Uh, put collecting and extracting for quests in my game. And you know what? I'm going to give it a crack. That's the end of my topic. Huge. 
that was sick. Yeah, I uh I'm with you. I think um I think I had a bad first experience with Hunt. Mm. Um like I had a better time watching Tarkov than I did playing Hunt. Um, There's a crazy Hunt stat. You ready? 40% of Hunt showdown players have never killed another player. 40%. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah, that? We... Have you heard that before? Yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about it on the pod once. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense you know if you're out there like i i I seem to remember hunt having quite a bit more content in the way of like ai monsters that you interact with though like Mm. you could have a quest to go in and kill a boss and you know you would have to uh like get rid of all the zombies or whatever around the boss lair and then defeat the boss. And it doesn't feel like Tarkov has that kind of level of non-player interaction on, on the, on the maps. Yeah. Like, I mean, so the balance is, is way different in, in Hunt. It's like the enemies are there and they can kill you, but they're more of a nuisance than they are a like threat. Right. Um, like there's certain enemies in Hunt that can like derail your PVP encounter pretty badly mm-hmm. um and then there's certain enemies that kind of just get in the way so it's mm-hmm. like it's more of like a friction thing to the pvp which is a bit different to the way tarkov approaches it where it's like you know there's kind of this tension where it's like do i think this scav is player controlled or is that even a scav i can't quite tell and so like <laughs> right. every encounter is kind of like this tense i don't know if i'm dealing with a human or an ai or and what do they have? All that sort of stuff. Mm, yeah. You can just get one one tapped by a scav and that's it for you, which is crazy. Yeah. Man, Tarkov is so tense. If mm. if I had to boil it down to one word, it would be tense. And like yeah. hearing you talk about some of the quests you could do, one of them sounded really mean. Is there really a quest where you have to like kill scavs as the oh, objective? Yeah, yeah you really? do. I've got one right now. It's like kill six scavs at this location. <laughs> oh they're just out there trying to trying to live their own life yeah why are we against them let's make friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes um sick so yeah that's that's extraction shooters i think like one of these days someone at some big triple a company is going to be like you know what we're doing it we're taking the big risk and we're going to try and make a cool extraction game Um, yeah I think it's like on on the horizon somewhere, you know. Like we had that Nintendo Direct that was like all farming games. I think like (laughs) at some point we're gonna have like not an E3 because E3's gone forever, but um, you know, what is it called? Um, Jeff Keighley's Game Bonanza. What's that one called? Uh, the Game Awards. Game Awards. We have a Game Awards where it's like, damn, there was a lot of extraction games this year. Mm. Like I think I think that's on the cards. Um, I hope it's on the cards. Yeah, well, one thing that I I think is a is a bit of a a downer when it comes to extraction shooters is because of the inherent level of detail in those games, it is hard to get across them without a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think I think that's like, man, you know, like I've got a, a Steam Deck which I can boot into like PC mode basically, and that still can't run Tarkov. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it's really it feels like the genre is almost locked away to PC right now. Totally, yeah, that's a good point. I think I think the genre needs to be like, like I said, I would love it if they did like a No Guns one where it was like this game is like 
it's like a stealthy horror game with, but it has like an extraction element to it i think that would be really cool um that's a cool idea yeah and uh you know there's all sorts of other genres you can smash together in there where it's it's about you know a big map or a, a large ge- randomly generated area and you have to like figure your way out with stuff mm. that you've got that feeling of like having a pack full of stuff and not mm. knowing whether or not you're going to make it is is pretty good mm. um, that's that's where the juice is i think in the yeah. genre yeah i think you're right even just even just watching i mm. felt the juice pouring off your forehead in the form <laughs> yeah. of sweat yeah. as you ran along that sweat juice yeah <laughs> yeah anyway uh, that's all i got yeah. Well, uh, if you'd like to tell us some story of your own sweat juice, you can shoot us a line at it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, we're doing our hundredth episode next week. We're gonna oh, we're God. gonna paint some things and uh, give them away. Sounds good to me. Hell yeah. Well, we hope you have a really lovely weekend and we'll see you next time. It's almost the weekend again. I did it. That's the sign off. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine.